I think I failed to mention that, but we will have church this evening, so we want to encourage you to be here tonight for church as well, praise God, and uh, coming to be a part of Sunday Night Live, amen, Sunday Night Church, amen. Open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah this morning, if you will, I'm going to... uh, preach a little bit to you this morning from the Word, give you something from the Word of God, share something with you, and uh, talk about redemption a little bit, and that's what we're here to do today with the partaking of communion, is to remember the Lord and what He has done for us at Calvary. So if you have your Bibles, open with us to the book of Isaiah. They will be putting it up there on the screen as well. Amen. And um, it says this, Isaiah chapter number 51. I didn't tell you where to go, did I? Isaiah 51. (laughs) Isaiah 51, and I'm reading verse 1, and it says this, Listen to me, you who follow after righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from whence... You were hewn, and to the hole of the pit from which you were dug. And then I want to read a verse or two here from the book of Psalms, Psalm 40. If you have your Bible, turn over there to Psalm 40 and verse number 2. Psalm 40 and verse number 2. And it says this. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit. How many can say amen to that? He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. I want to talk to you this morning for a few minutes just on the thought of redeemed. Redeemed. By the blood of Jesus. Father, thank you so much for your word today, for your promises that you have given us. We thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus that was shed and what you did for us at Calvary's cross. We're asking you this morning for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to help me to minister the word of God to your people today, that you will speak to us through your word. Point us to the cross today, we pray. Do a work in our lives, and we ask it all in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen and amen. Praise God. Well, I'm glad to be able to say today, and I hope that you can say this, that I am redeemed, that I've been bought from the, bought out of the pits of sin and released from the cage of bondage that I was in. How many is glad that you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus today. God has rescued you, picked you up, and given us a brand new life. We've, got a, we've got a, had a change take place. We've had, had God give us a brand new life, and it's all because of the blood of Jesus. There's a little chorus. There's all kinds of songs about redemption. There's a little chorus 
that we used to sing years ago that says, I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. All to him I now resign. I have been, I have been redeemed. Thank God. There's something about that term, redeemed, about redemption, that should bring joy to our hearts. When we sing as we have done so this morning, when we sing about the cross and we sing about redemption and we sing about the blood of Jesus Christ, you know, that's, that's something that um, uh, some churches don't do anymore is sing about the blood or sing any blood songs. They've taken, a lot of churches have taken all the blood songs out of the church and they don't want to sing about that anymore. But we have here at Abundant Life, we have sang this morning about redemption and about the blood of Jesus. And when we do that and we, we acknowledge that fact, there's, there's something about redemption, about being redeemed. If we understand what he means by that and what the Bible means with that, by that, it should bring uh, our, our, our hearts flooding. It should cause our hearts to be flooded with joy. Can I get an amen today? Because we have been saved today by the blood of Jesus. We've been washed in the blood of the Lamb and given eternal life today that has been bought and paid for by Jesus on that cross of Calvary. There's nothing that you have to do or can do to earn this eternal life or to buy this redemption. There's not enough money to buy it because Peter said that we are not redeemed with corruptible things of this world such as silver and gold from our vain conversation and from the lusts of this flesh, but we have been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb slain from the foundation, before the foundation of the world. That's where our redemption comes from. There's no greater miracle today, ladies and gentlemen. There's no greater gift today that mankind could ever receive, but to be then to be redeemed from from the powers of darkness by the blood of Jesus Christ. There's a song that we sing around here occasionally. And it's, uh, I, I've been redeemed, I believe is the name of the song by Big Daddy Weave. Anybody familiar with that? We sing that around here occasionally. And I, and I believe the words of that song uh, so illustrate what it means to be redeemed. It says, I am redeemed, you set me free. So I'll shake off these heavy chains. I'll wipe away every stain for I'm not who I used to be. Hallelujah, I've been redeemed. Because I don't have to be the old man inside of me because this his day is long dead and gone. Because I've got a new name and a new life and I'm not the same. And a hope that will carry me home. I've been redeemed. Praise God. I don't know if that makes anybody else feel something stirring in you. 
But I'm glad I've been redeemed. Bought with a price. Jesus has changed my whole life. And if anybody asks you just who I am, then tell them I am redeemed. How many's glad you're redeemed today? Praise God. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Praise God. Redemption means freedom. We have that wonderful feeling today that we know what it is to be totally free, to be free from sin. Um, people today talk about freedom. You know, we, we've got our freedom. We want our freedom. I think our freedoms in our nation are in jeopardy today, the freedoms that God has given us. And thank God for a country that acknowledges God-given freedoms. But I'm going to tell you, Something today, I'm glad for the freedom that we have through the new birth, through our redemption today. It's a freedom from sin, a freedom that we know that we have been born again and been made a new creature, a new creation. Do you realize what happens when a person gets saved? You understand it's not, and, and, and you know this, we've talked about it before, it's not, you know, it's not just coming down and uh, an aisle and coming to the front of a church and shaking a preacher's hand. It's not signing some kind of a card. It's not joining something. It's not holding to some kind of a creed or some kind of a, you know, some, some making some kind of a promise. What it means to be born again is there's a creation, a new creation that takes place on the inside of an individual's heart and life. That old man is put to death. That person that you were before is crucified with Christ and Paul said that Paul said in, in 2 Corinthians 5 17 that old things pass away and all things become new I'm glad today that when we get saved when a person gets saved that their their life gets changed there's a new there's something there's a newness that comes in a new man the nature of Christ that is placed on the inside of that person, everyone that gives their heart and life to Jesus and we are saved, praise God, we are saved. Saved from our sin. People say, well you talk about being saved. What are we say? What, what are you talking about being saved? What are you saved from? I'm saved from that old life. I'm saved from sin. Thank God when Jesus came and saved us, ladies and gentlemen, he didn't save us in our sin he saved us from our sin and delivered us out of our sin and brought us out of that bondage and thank God I'm not the old man that I used to be for I am redeemed come on somebody amen I am redeemed what a wonderful thing what a wonderful feeling it is to be, to be freed from sin. I remember the day that I got saved, and you can remember it too, the day that you gave your heart and life to Jesus, the burden of sin that was lifted, the weight that was lifted off your shoulders, and you knew the chains and the shackles of sin had been broken off of your life, and you had been made free. An old song we used to sing years ago, and everybody probably knows it, but that song that says, once like 
like a bird in prison I dwelt. No freedom from my sorrow I felt. Then Jesus came and listened to me. And glory to God, he set me free. He set me free. Yes, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound my Jesus to see. For glory to God, he set me free. Praise God, I've been set free. I've been redeemed. I've been pulled out of that miry clay and that pit of sin and set on that solid rock who is the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen today? Oh, hallelujah. Pastor A.J. Gordon, he was a pastor in a church in Boston, Massachusetts many years ago. And Pastor Gordon met a young boy in front of the church one day. The little boy was coming down the, 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 the road there, and he was carrying a, an old rusty cage which had several birds in there that were flutter, fluttering around rather nervously. And so Pastor Gordon asked the little boy, asked the young boy, he said, Son, where did you get those birds? And the boy replied, he said, Well, I trapped them out in a field. And he said, Oh, you did? He said, Well, what are you planning on doing with them? And he said, Well, I'm going to play with them and for a while until I get tired of them. And then I guess I'll just kill them and feed them to the old cat that we have at home. The preacher offered to buy them, and he said, well, uh, let me just give you some money for those birds. He said, I'll buy them from you. And the little boy said, mister, you don't want these birds. You don't want anything to do with them. They're just old, wild field, field birds. They can't even sing very well. They're worthless. They're not worth anything at all. And Gordon replied to the little boy, and he said, well, I'll tell you. He pulled his wallet out, and he pulled $2 out, and he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you $2 for the cage and for the birds. And the little boy said, well, that sounds okay to me. That's, they're not doing me any good anyway. He said, but you're, you're, prop, you're making a bad bargain, mister, because he said, these birds ain't worth nothing. The exchange was made, and Pastor Gordon gave the $2 to the little boy, and he took and exchanged that cage. The little boy put the money in his pocket, went off down the street whistling. He was happy to uh, get two bucks for those old birds who he didn't think was worth much at all. But uh, Pastor Gordon took that old rusty cage around to the back of the church property and he set it down and he opened the door on that little small wire coop and he let those struggling little birds that were so fearful and so afraid, he, he let them loose and let them go and they soared off into the blue sky. The very next Sunday he brought, the pastor brought that old rusty cage to church and he set it up on the pulpit and he used that empty cage to illustrate a sermon about Christ coming to pay for the to pay the debt of sin and to free them from their bondage with his own precious blood. He told the story of the birds and the little boy and what he had planned on doing with those birds and he told how that he gave him the money and took the birds and let them go free in the back of the church. And Pastor Gordon said, you know, that little boy told me that those birds were not songsters. He told 
me that they couldn't sing a lick. They were just old field birds. But he said, you know what? When I opened that door and then released them and gave them their freedom, they winged their way heavenwards. And as they did, I could hear them singing a song that sounded like they were saying, redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you, that is exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you and for me. When a person has this life-changing experience that he's been caged, but all of a sudden the cage door is open and he's set free, all you want to do is sing about the fact that your life has been redeemed. Thank God, once like a bird in prison, I dwelt, but no freedom from my sorrow I felt. But thank God Jesus came and listened to me and glory to God, he set me free. Are you glad you've been redeemed and set free by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? Woo, hallelujah. That's why we like to sing about the blood around here and sing about the cross and sing about redemption because you and I, ladies and gentlemen, were held captive to sin, but Jesus purchased our pardon and set us at liberty. Every one of us was caged in Satan's trap. We were worthless creatures without any redeeming qualities whatsoever. We were to the devil what those birds were to that little boy. They were worthless. He just wanted to use them for a little while to get a little bit of enjoyment out of them. And then he was just going to kill them and feed them to a cat, cast them aside. And that's kind of where we were at. We were worthless creatures. There was no redeeming qualities in us whatsoever. So don't ever think that, you know, that, that, that there was something good. And I know in the New Age realm they're teaching, you know that, that, that there's good in everybody. There's some good in everybody. Let me tell you something. If you've got any good in you today, the only good that you'll ever have in you is the, the good that comes through accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and having His righteousness in you. Are you hearing me? There's no good in any of us. The Bible says that there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. There is none that Seeketh after God. And that's the exact condition and the way that we were and the place that we were. We were not worth anything. But you know what? In that worthless condition, God saw something in us that was worth dying for. God saw something in us that was worth giving his son. He thought I was to die for. He thought I was worth saving. And he loved you and he loved me when we were unloved lovable, loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son to save us and redeem us back to him. Come on somebody, amen. Thank God that we've been redeemed. In the very beginning, of course, you know, God created us. In God's image, man was created in the image of God. We were created to serve him. We were created to love him. It was the plan of God that we, that, that, that mankind, you know, 
live on this earth in total innocence and purity and righteousness and live and serve the Lord. That was God's plan for man. But sin entered the picture. And Satan, through the fall of Adam, laid claim to every living soul. The Bible says in Romans 5 and 12 that as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and death passed upon all men for all have sinned. Death passed upon every one of us. The sin nature came into every, every human being that's born in this earth has, is born with that fallen, sinful, Adamic nature. And I'm telling you what, you can't rehabilitate that nature. You can't, you can't change that nature within your own self. There's nothing, there's no kind of religious calisthenics that anybody can go through to change that fallen nature. There's only one thing and one person and one way to have that fallen nature changed and that is to take it to the cross, have it crucified with Christ and be washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, amen. That's what Jesus came to do. Amen. We were snatched from that place, our place that God had designed and desired for us to be in and put in a prison with bars that could not be broken. Our feet were, were destined because of the sin nature, because of the fall. Our feet were destined to walk in a world that continually pulled us deeper and deeper into sin. The nature of man was and is corrupt and every thought is evil. That sin nature completely and totally dominates and controls every individual that is not born again and is made, that has not made Jesus the Lord of their life. But praise God, that was a terrible situation that man is in. Would you say amen? I love Ephesians chapter 2 because Ephesians chapter 2 tells us the condition of mankind and where we all were and the situation we're all in, but that was not the end of the story. And Paul describes it in Ephesians 2, and he says this in verse 1, And you, he is made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the children of disobedience, of the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh. Listen to it. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And here was our nature and were. This is all of us, ladies and gentlemen, and were. By nature, children of wrath just as others. He's writing to the church at Ephesus. He's telling them this is where every one of you were. This was your condition. We were all dead in those trespasses and sin. We were all under the control of the flesh. and We were all by nature children of wrath and children of disobedience. And boy, I'll tell you, if we stopped right there, that wouldn't be a very pretty picture. We would all be in a, in a, in a mess. Amen. 
Amen. We would all be in a mess. But I love what verse 4 of that second chapter of Ephesians says. After Paul gives the story here and shows the condition of fallen man, he gives two words in verse 4. And he says, but God. Oh, hallelujah. Here's a change that's taken place. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, has made us alive together with Christ. By grace have you been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I thank God for the but God today. Oh yeah, we were lost, but God came on the scene. We were bound, but Jesus went to Calvary. Hallelujah. He lifted us up and pulled us up and changed our life. Can I get an amen? Every one of us were destined for eternal punishment. But thank God the Lord Jesus Christ came down and redeemed us and paid the price with his own precious blood and bought us back from the pit of sin and opened the prison doors and set the captive free. And I'm here to tell you this morning that what Jesus did at Calvary has opened up every prison house of sin and all that prisoner has to do is say yes to Jesus and take that step and walk out of that prison, that bondage, that addiction. Hallelujah, everybody can be set free. There is no reason for anybody to go to hell today or to be bound by the powers and the chains of sin. Thank God there is deliverance and there is salvation and there is redemption and it's all by the blood of Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Amen. Praise God. So we must, I know, I know people say, well, y'all, Brother Rick, you've, you preached on that before. You, you, you preached on redemption not too long ago. Probably last week. Matter of fact, it was. We had a cross out here, didn't we? But there's a reason for that because we are never to forget the pit that we were redeemed out of. The text that I read to you this morning said, he said, Look to the rock from whence you were hewn into the hole of the pit from which, from whence you were dug. So we must never forget the pit that God has brought us out of and redeemed us out of. Those of us who are redeemed have to look in two directions today. And this is the purpose of the Lord's Supper. Because we are to look in two directions we look first of all to the hole of the pit from whence we were dug. We look to the place and remember what God brought us from. What he brought us out of. And so we look to the hole of the pit from which we are dug. We are never, ladies and gentlemen, ever to, to forget, never to forget where God brought us from and what we were and who we were before the Lord found us. But we always need to remember that. But that is not where our minds are to be focused and to constantly dwell. 
Are you listening to me? I remember where I was. You've heard my testimony. I remember how I was before the Lord brought me out of that pit and set me free. And I go back every once in a while and remember that. But I don't allow my mind to dwell on my past. That's the problem with a lot of people today is that they allow their minds to focus on and to dwell on who they were or what they were before they got saved. And if you allow your mind to dwell on that, Satan will definitely bring condemnation. People can get stuck looking at where they came from. But we can't, listen to me ladies and gentlemen, we cannot live... We cannot live in the sins of our past and allow those things of the past to continually drag us down with feelings of guilt and despair. And there are a lot of people that are in that situation today. They, they, they are dealing with condemnation. They're dealing with guilt. They're dealing with, with, with their past. And Satan's trying to convince them uh, that, you know, there's no way that God could possibly forgive them for what they have done in the past, but I want, to, I want you to know something. There is power in the blood of Jesus today. And it doesn't matter to me, it doesn't matter to God what a person was. It doesn't matter where they've come from or what kind of sins they've committed in the past. I'm here to tell you today that if you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus and made him the Lord of your life, all those past sins are gone. You're not in that pit anymore. You're not staying with that sin anymore. Praise God that the blood, we sang about it this morning. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. There's no other fountain. No, come on somebody. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm not what I used to be. I'm not yet what I'm going to be but thank God I'm not what I used to be. Hallelujah. I've been redeemed. I've been washed. And as far as God is concerned, what Rick Hensley was before Calvary is long gone forever. God doesn't even remember it against me anymore. Neither does he remember your sin. Come on, give God praise. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. We've got to look in both directions, though. There's something better than our past, though, that we need to look to today. That is of who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, to see what we have been given, not, not just, you know, we were all sinners, right? We use that terminology sometimes. And uh, it sounds good. It sounds religious. But people who use that terminology, you know, sometimes and say, well, you know, all I am is just an old sinner saved by grace. Well, let me clarify something today. You were an old sinner. Amen? And you were, thank God, saved by grace and not of works and not of yourself. But guess what? A sinner is somebody who, in my, in my way of thinking and the way the Bible reads, a sinner is somebody who practices sin. 
A sinner is somebody who's still living a lifestyle of sin. Well, I don't know about anybody else, but when I got saved by grace, I quit practicing sin and quit living a lifestyle of sin because Jesus changed my life. I was an old sinner, yes. I'm like Paul said, the chiefest of sinners. I was felt like I was the chief of sinners, and I was saved by grace and washed in the blood. But what I used to be, or is anybody here today? You hear me? What I used to be, what I was, I'm not anymore. I am born again. You are born again, a new creature, all by the blood of Jesus. You've been changed. Your life has changed. Your nature has changed. Your desires have changed. You're not the same person you used to be. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank God for that. Amen. I'm now a son of God. You're not, you're, you're a child of the, oh, you're a child of God. Huh? Praise God. You've been adopted into a new family. Y'all making me work too hard today. <laughs> Praise God. Well, you know, Brother Rick, that old, I got that family generational curse on me. You know, I got that, uh, you know what, my grandpappy and my great-grandpappy, you know what, all those involved in, and, and this is the way I am. There's, there's always been divorce in my family, so that curse passed on down to me, and, and marriages don't work. In my, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. There's always been, people say, well, well you know, it, 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 that gene of alcoholism was in my family, and, and it's passed down to generation, and I got a problem with alcohol, and I can't deal with it, you know, and, and that's just the way that it is because I got it from my great-great-grandfather. My granddad had it. My dad had it. All of these in my family had a problem with alcohol. Well, I'm going to tell you something today. Woo, hallelujah. Your grandpappy may have had it. Your dad may have had it. Others in your family may have had it. But I'm telling you, if you've come to the cross of Jesus Christ, that curse stops right there. That bondage stops right there. That thing ends right there. It ends at the blood. It ends with the cross. Amen. Quit you using that stuff for an excuse and, and claim the presence and the power of the blood of Jesus in your life. Amen. you got to think about the Lord and who you are in Him and what you have in Christ. You've got to look, as the text says, you've got to look to the rock from whence you were hewn. You've got to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. You've got to look to the rock, praise God, as he said there in Psalms, he picked me up out of that horrible pit. He picked me up out of that miry clay and set my feet on a solid rock and established my goings and put a new song in my mouth. I'm not singing, oh, lonesome me. I'm singing, he set me free. Hallelujah. There's a new man on the inside. I've been redeemed by the blood. Hallelujah. Feel like I could run through a troop and leap over a wall. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. You gotta, you gotta focus on. Yeah, look to the pit from which you were digged, but look and focus on the rock. 
from which you were hewn and where you are today and who you are in Christ. You're not just an old sinner saved by grace. You are the righteousness of God in Christ by the blood of the Lamb. Come on! Man, that's the, that's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we got to think about that. Listen, I've got, I've got oh man, we got to take communion. Verse 6 of that 51st chapter. Let me, let me hurry. Isaiah 51, 6. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look upon the earth beneath, for the heavens shall vanish away like smoke, and the earth shall wax old. I wish I had time to preach this. And the earth shall wax old like a garment, and they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. But my, listen, but my salvation is forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, the redeemed of the Lord, we as the redeemed should have our eyes fastened not on the things of this world. We can't get our, our focus on the things of this world, but our vision has got to be higher because we've got a finish line in heaven. The things around us are going to be burned away in the smoke and the fire of God's wrath. I mean, even the scientists tell us they know that this earth, what is it, the, the second law of thermodynamics that everything's wasting away, everything's deteriorating. This earth is wearing out. The scientists even attest to that fact. And God is going to bring everything down to judgment and one day all of it's going to be forever abolished because of the power of sin in this earth and the curse of sin upon this earth not even not only that but your body these bodies these mortal bodies this flesh that we live in is getting older every day how many can say amen to that these young people don't know much about that yet but you'll find out as time goes on, amen. We, uh, thank God we've been redeemed and the price of the redemption of our body's been paid for. But how many of y'all know that the body is not redeemed yet? We're groaning for that, Paul said in Romans chapter 8. We're, we're groaning on the inside, waiting for the adoption of the sons of God, the redemption of our body. Thank God one day this body's going to be fully redeemed at the trump of God at the rapture of the church at the resurrection we're getting a brand new body come on can I get an amen Woo! hallelujah we're going to get a brand new body I have I, I, <laughs> but right now I'm in this one this one's getting older the Bible says that our outward man's perishing the inward man's being renewed day by day and Jesus, Jesus has redeemed us, spirit, soul, and body. But we just have right now the first fruits of that, of that redemption of what he did at the cross. We have the redemption right now of our spirits. We've been redeemed and our spirit, our souls have been redeemed. But we're still in a mortal flesh and blood and bone body. How many knows that? And the effects of sin on this body are irreversible until the rapture. Oh, hallelujah. See, I, I, I don't have time to preach that. Amen. But the outward man's perishing. 
flourishing. The inward man's being renewed day by day. And every one of us here in this service this morning, every one of us, barring the rapture, amen, every one of us are going to set, lay this, this, this body aside one day, this earthly tabernacle we live in, we're going to lay it down and this body's going to die unless we're alive and remain when the trump of Almighty God sounds and the dead in Christ are arising and we are changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. I'm trying to stay up on the platform and it's hard for me to do. Woo! But if Jesus tarries another 50 years, which I don't believe that he will, huh? But if he does, every one of us will die. Man, I threw cold water on everything. <laughs> Just told you the truth. Uh, amen. We all will. It shouldn't be something that a Christian's afraid of, though. But we're all growing older. Everything's growing older. The, the earth is wearing out. Every day that we live, we're drawing one day closer to that time when we'll lay down this body and we'll go to be with the Lord and leave this world and enter the next world. But thank God, here's the thing about redemption, ladies and gentlemen, that whether we live or whether we die, we're the Lord's. And whether we go by the way of the grave, I'm about to shout. I said, whether we go by the way of the grave or we go by the way of the rapture, either way, we have a hope beyond this life. And there is a life beyond the grave. And there is a place that we're headed to because we've been redeemed. God has prepared for us a place in heaven. Can I get an amen? The future of the redeemed is a bright future. The future of the redeemed is not a sad situation but we have a bright future ahead of us. People say I don't know what's going to happen in the world. I don't know what's going to happen in America. Well I don't know everything that's going to happen. I know this things are going to get worse and worse and worse but praise God I don't know what the world is coming to but I do know who's coming to this world. I do know Jesus is coming. I do know we're going to be with the Lord. I do know we're going to heaven one day soon because we've been redeemed by the blood. We've got a bright future. Let me close. Let me close. Look at verse 11. That's still in Isaiah 51. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing to Zion. And everlasting joy shall be upon their head. And they shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Hallelujah. Oh, Robosho. Why don't you just lift your hands and give him some praise today? Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm here to tell you the something today, abundant life, that if you have been redeemed, you need to have a song in your heart. You need to have everlasting joy in your soul because God has given us the oil of gladness instead of sorrow. I'm here to tell you today, praise God that heaven is your eternal home and a crown of life awaits you there. We're going to the city where the lamb is the light. We're going to a place where 
where there is no more sorrow or sickness or pain or death and there is no more sighing and there is no more crying and there is no more devil and there are no more demons and there isn't any more fallen angels. We're going to a place called heaven. Hallelujah. And the redeemed, the ransomed of the Lord will come to Zion with shouting and with praise and with rejoicing. Come on, somebody. Woo! You need to praise the Lord. We got to have communion. But I think about Sister Peggy. Whew, she just went to be with the Lord just a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago. Brother Norm went to be with the Lord a couple of weeks ago. Some others, you know, that we know that has went to be with Jesus. But I'm telling you what, when they walked into that city, that heavenly Zion, they walked in with shouting. They walked in with praise. They walked in rejoicing. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the redeemed of the Lord. We are ransomed by the blood. We've got something to look forward to. I've got a home where the saints abide just over in the glory land. And I long to be by my Savior's side just over in the glory land. Come on, shout amen, somebody. Woo! Hallelujah. Worship team, make your way back. I got to close. I won't have no preach left in me tonight. (laughs) Oh, praise God. Let me read Psalm 107. I'll close with this. Psalm 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. For His mercy endures forever. Verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Oh, hallelujah. Let the redeemed of the Lord Say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Redeemed, so I could preach on this. Redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. Satan has no hold on us no more. Whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Verse 3, and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, and from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness and in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. But then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses. And He led them forth by the right way. This is the redeemed. That they might, listen to it, (laughs) that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. You know, those seven verses, ladies and gentlemen, are a picture of our life because we're we're pilgrims and we're strangers in this old world. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. We're pilgrims here. We're strangers here. And there's a city, though, for us to dwell in. That we will call home. Not here on this earth. I know we say, well, I'm a citizen of the United States and I'm a resident 
of Farmington or I'm a resident of Park Hills or Deloge or Bonterre or Bismarck. That's my residence. That's my home. That's not our... I've lived on South Washington Street in the same house since 1986. I'm telling you, that ain't my permanent home. My wife probably thinks it is. (laughs) But that's not my permanent home or my residence. I'm just passing through. You're just passing through because we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Down here in this life we grow weary and thirsty and weak as that scripture says but but, but, but when we cried unto the Lord he delivered us out of that cage of sin, redeemed us and listen saints Satan has no claim on you now the blood has ransomed you. Satan has no claim on you now. Don't give Satan an inch in your life. And as we partake of communion this morning, there's two elements in communion. We all know that. There's the bread and the juice, right? The body representing the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. I preached to you a couple of weeks ago of the two streams flowing from Calvary. The stream for the forgiveness of sin and also for the healing of our bodies. And this is one thing I don't think we understand when we take communion. The Bible says that we are to to do this in remembrance. We're looking to the rock. We're looking back to what Jesus did for us at the cross and what He brought us out of and what He purchased for us with His sacrifice. And we know He purchased eternal life. We know that He purchased cleansing from all sin and He's given us His righteousness by the blood of Jesus. But also He paid with the stripes on His back. He bore in His body our sin and He bore in His body according to Isaiah and according to Matthew 8, 17. He also bore our sicknesses and diseases and carried those as well. Healing is in the atonement and I think that's one thing we overlook when we take communion. But when we take of this bread today, we need to think, we need to remember that it was stripes that he took on his back for our healing. Do you know you can receive healing while you're partaking of communion? There's no healing power in that wafer. But what it represents, ladies and gentlemen, the stripes that Jesus took on his back, there is healing in the blood of Jesus and in what he did at the cross. Healing for your spirit, healing for your soul, healing for your body, healing for every part of you. And Satan has no right to be in control of your life. He has no hold on you anymore because the ransom's been paid. When that ransom's paid, the kidnapper can't hold the victim any longer. Is anybody here? 
Praise God. Yes, amen. And the blood's the ransom wasn't paid to the devil. It's paid to God, the Father. But when the ransom was paid, and Jesus said, I am giving my life as a ransom for many to ransom us from the grip of sin and the bondage of the enemy. Hallelujah. We're going to take communion. I'm going to ask you to stand if you would. We're going to have you to come and come by and grab you a uh, cup, okay? And just take it back to your seat and wait. Brother Scott, would you get the platform? Thank you, sir. Take it back to your seat and let's wait until everyone has their communion elements and we'll partake together. Praise the Lord.
you reached down and picked us up through your death at the cross and our faith in that finished work. You pulled us out. You saved us. You rescued us from that pit of sin that would lead to hell. That we don't have to go there anymore. We don't have to go to hell today. You've prepared a place in heaven for those who are the redeemed. And Lord, as we partake of our these elements of this communion supper this morning, we ask you to help every one of us to recognize and remember what this means and to appropriate, Lord, the benefits, appropriate the benefits of the cross in our life. We give you praise for what you've done. In Jesus' name, we receive the benefits. Paul said, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take and eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me partake of the bread if you would and believe him for the benefits today thank you Lord for by your stripes we were healed thank you Thank you for your bruised and beaten and battered body that paid the price for our redemption, for our healing, our deliverance. Thank you, Father. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you do eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Partake of the juice. Lord, we thank you for the precious blood of Jesus, for full and complete redemption that we have through what you did at the cross for us. Just lift your hands and thank him now for the price he paid. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We worship you today. We thank you for the price you paid for us at the cross. That we're now sons and daughters of God. We are redeemed, bought with the price of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, the blood Crimson